Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Oh, hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. And regular listeners may recall that back on our April 30th program, successful divorce attorney Neil Prevost told us that getting divorced is the dumbest thing we do in America. He reminded us why the real ultimate cost of divorce, both financial and emotional, is far more than the alimony, child support, and attorney fees. Also, in most cases, obviously not those involving physical or extreme emotional abuse, divorce is not the only option or even your best option. And should you desire, uh, through our program website, you can replay the Neil Prevost interview or any other of our recent programs at your convenience. But I trust you and your uh, spouse are not on the cusp of divorce, and let's hope the subject never even comes up. But unfortunately, in a lot of long-established marriages, after years of raising kids, paying bills, one or both spouses pursuing careers, the close personal bonds of union, uh, the two of us are one, may have weakened. You know, you just get so used to being around that that other person, it becomes... sort of uh, everyday uh, boredom for a lot of us, I'm afraid. And all too often, what was once a marriage of love has become a marriage of convenience. But moving forward, both you and your spouse deserve a mutually joyful, energetic, and comforting and emotionally fulfilling relationship till death do you part. And to keep thoughts of divorce or extramarital affairs completely out of the picture, I've invited back a frequent prior guest, uh, Terry Orbuck, Ph.D., the love doctor, and Dr. Terry is here to suggest new ways to revive and deepen your relationship bond. And uh, to refresh your memory, here are some of the love doctor's credentials. She's been a marriage and relationship therapist for the past 29 years, known to thousands on radio, national magazine, TV, and online as a trusted relationship expert. She's author of six books on various aspects of love and marriage and a video course, How to Find Love in Seven Days, and continuously since 1986. She's served as project director of a remarkable National Institutes of Health study tracking the same 373 married couples over more than 30 years. And hello, Dr. Terry. As always, we are extremely pleased to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Roy. It is always such a pleasure to come on your program. Well, in, uh, Dr. Terry publishes a monthly newsletter, and in her February newsletter, she unveiled nine ways to deepen your relationship bond, and I think that's a very timely subject, and these suggestions are based upon that aforementioned 30-year study. We don't have time to go over all nine, but I'd like to go over a few of them, and let's begin with the basics. What are the three pillars you discovered that couples need for a mutually happy, fulfilling relationship? Well, I think the first really important thing is that you do random acts of kindness for each other often. 
So I think what happens is that we let a relationship go or we take it for granted, as you said, and that we really need to notice and make sure that our partner knows that we think they're special and unique and wonderful. Don't take them for granted. So do or say simple things often. Tell them I'm thinking of you. I thank you. I love you. You're my best friend. You're the best partner. Or do these simple things often. You know, put gas in their car, send them a greeting card, fix something. Um, Just do or say little simple things, Roy, often. No, that that's so important. You don't need to wait for uh, next Valentine's Day. <laughs> that is so true. And I think we think that those large, big acts, like on Valentine's Day or birthday and anniversary, yeah, can yeah. take us through a year. But it's really every single day the little things that matter. Yeah. Well, your first suggestion is an obvious one, but so often ignored, accept your partner's uniqueness. Now, it sounds great, but what's the best way to recognize and accept that your husband or wife is who he or she is, God's one-of-a-kind creation, warts and all, but they never will fit your precise notion of the ideal spouse? Yes, and so true. But you want to remember back to why you were attracted to that person in the first place. And I always tell people, write down five positive things that you love about your partner or your relationship and focus on those five things. Because we were attracted to our partner at the beginning because of certain unique special things, and we want to remember them. Focus on the positive and adding positive things rather than on trying to fix what's wrong or we don't yeah, like about our partner. annoyances that uh, if you concentrate on those all the time, you'll forget all the good stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, our mind goes there. You know, science or psychology says that it takes five positives to wipe away one negative. So <laughs> think about idea. the positives. <laughs> That's like a 200 hitter. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Our mind goes to the negative. And so even knowing that, Roy, I think is really important for us to remember that our mind, the psychology of our brain goes to the negatives. So instead, switch your approach and focus on the positives, which then you'll be able to accept your partner's partner's uniqueness. Yeah, it's so important that you concentrate on the your partner's uniqueness rather than just thinking about your own uniqueness and why you deserve <laughs> this and that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Be other-oriented, and if we can step outside of ourselves, And, you know, there's this great other principle called reciprocity. Yeah. When we recognize our partner's uniqueness, when we do these random acts or say things that make our partner feel noticed, they will return in kind. Yeah. So reciprocity really really occurs in these interpersonal relationships. Yeah, that, that's so true and, and so neglected by so many. But uh, here's a, a strange suggestion. Your seventh suggestion is to be a caretaker. Now, most mm-hmm. of us associate this term with taking care of an ill or infirm life partner, perhaps with a terminal illness or a long-term disability, someone unable to fully uh, cope uh, with life or care for themselves. How best would you become a caretaker for a perfectly healthy spouse? Exactly. And it's really trying to um, take away the illness approach when you hear the word caregiver, caretaker. What I mean is that couples need to 
have support from their partner. The happy couples in my study. You put it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Be there for them. When there is a time of trouble, can you go to your partner and lean on them? Can you ask them for help? And what we know is that that's so important to a happy relationship. And also, in a time of joy, can you share the joy your partner has? Yes. And that's as important, Roy, as in times of trouble. And that when we have something good happen in our life, we we get an award, we get a raise, we feel good about something, right? Can we go to our partner and our partner will be there to celebrate and say, that's great. Oh, my. I love it. got a a raise last night in the promotion at his work and uh, his spouse and he are going out to dinner. We're going out last night to celebrate, and I thought that was great. And that that is great. This is interesting. You tell us that men like to give instrumental support, and you women like to give emotional support. Now, I think I know what emotional support is, but what's the difference between these two kind of supports? And is it okay if uh, I cross over and my wife crosses over and gives the other kind of support on occasion? Yes, such a good question. Well, first, instrumental support is the kind of support where you fix or solve a problem. So let's say your wife comes to you and says, I had a bad day at work. You would say, let's make a list about the pros and cons, or let's sit down and talk about whether or not you should quit or not. Emotional support is empathetic listening and, and, you know, Uh, nodding your head back and forth, saying to your partner, I understand that sounds hard. And we know there are gender differences. As you said, men often like to give instrumental, women like to give emotional, but we need in both. But women also want emotional and men want instrumental. So I think it's just important, Roy, that you identify what your partner wants, but you can cross over. You can do the opposite. So when your wife comes to you next time and is complaining about something at work or with her friend, let's say, you know, you can be empathetic and just say, oh, that sounds hard. And just listen. Because I... uh... You know, I, I know you women are much more into emotional relationships and uh, things bug you that somebody says perhaps more than us men. And oftentimes my wife will be complaining about something some uh, woman she knows did or said. And I feel like it's such a trivial matter, but it's not mm-hmm. to her. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And all she wants you really to do is listen and be empathic. And you don't need to fix it. That's a really important thing I that men need to understand or should understand is that we, when we present a problem to you, we don't always want you to fix it. We just want you to listen. Well, Give us a hug. Yeah. <laughs> well, your suggestion eight is right on the money. You say keep it light and full of light and uh, some of the happiest, most well-adjusted couples I've known always seem to laugh when we're together and uh, they s- truly enjoy each other's company. You can just tell that. They may make little jokes about themselves and, and nobody uh, never harmful or uh, cutty remarks, but uh, how do you counsel couples to lighten up and bring more fun into their relationships? Well, first, I think just knowing that laughter is so important, it, it helps couples. 
and couples are worrying about so many different things, and, and some of them are really important, like, you know, financial issues or the I kids. I get the kids to college. <laughs> yes, exactly, and they are important. But just as essential to happiness in a relationship is laughter and is yeah. play. And I encourage couples all the time to pay, play board games. <laughs> I, you know, because as long as you're playing something that isn't really competitive board games and, and getting out and playing outside even, you know, bubbles or if it's winter time playing in the snow, is so important. We forget that at the beginning, again, of a relationship, we were attracted to the fun, the play, the laughter, the smiling. So you need to infuse your relationship now after 30, 50 years, some of that fun again. But those board games, you better not play Monopoly. <laughs> right. <too> well, because <laughs> that's the money, the competition, you mean? Yeah, that's competitive. I know. My husband often says to me, Roy, we have to pick a game that you don't want to win because otherwise it's not fun and we're not laughing. <laughs> I'm afraid my wife's not a fan of board games, but uh, our son plays them all the time. He loves them. I don't know if his wife does, but uh, he plays with other guys a lot. But uh, Well, your suggestion, uh, the final suggestion, number nine, is it seems to me the most essential of all. Uh, a couple seeking a deeper, everlasting relationship, you say, needs to find a healthy way to communicate. And I'd only had amen. But um, you said that to inform us that the happy couples in your long-term study all said uh, c good communication skills was what kept them together and thriving. Can you please give us some hints on uh, how married couples can best establish and maintain those uh, good communication habits? Absolutely. Well, I think most couples think they talk to each other all the time. But what at they're each other anyway. <laughs> yeah, at each other. But what they're often doing also is, you know, what I call maintaining a relationship. They're talking about income. They're talking about yeah. who's going to do what around the house. And so what I think is twofold. First, every single day, devote 10 minutes a day to connecting. Talking about something other than work, your family, children. Children, who's going to do what around the house or your relationship. Yeah. So spend 10 minutes talking about those other fun things. They can be sports, movies, music, but they can also be these deeper questions like, you know, what are you most proud of in your yeah. life or yeah. what do you want to do in five years? But second fold, Roy, is that you want to resolve disagreements well. Yeah. All couples have these disagreements. We can't expect to agree on everything. So it's really respecting one another when we're having a disagreement. Yeah, that's, that's Checking it. in with each other and making sure that we resolve the disagreement. It's so important that you really understand your spouse's uh, point of view on something. It's, it's so easy just to uh, get defensive and defend your own point of view if you're having a Right, or dismiss what they're saying. You know, yeah. they're saying, I'm angry that you did this, and you're saying to them, oh, you can't feel that way, or you shouldn't think that way. Yeah. And that's a dismissal statement, yeah, or those are dismissal you statements. you shouldn't do something to someone else. Exactly. I mean, right? It just it, it, they get defensive. Yeah, that's for sure. My biggest fault. I know my wife often says this: is I just 
fail to listen appropriately. I don't give her my undivided attention when he or she is speaking to me. Sometimes I, I sometimes I interrupt and interject my feelings before she's really through saying what she wants to say. And for God's sake, I, I try not to imply that her uh, ideas or what she's expressing is not important to me. That's the worst thing you can do, I guess. That's the worst thing you can do. You're absolutely, but there are lots of distractions in our life. Yeah. So when your spouse or partner is talking to you, make sure those distractions are not there. Put your computer away, your phone, your iPad, you know, the kids, the grandkids. Um, make sure, like you said, that you devote your your listening time to your partner and, and especially look at them. Yeah. Here, here's one. What, what the heck is kitchen sinking? You say no name-calling, shaming, or kitchen sinking. Right. Well, kitchen sinking is bringing up everything that's bothering you into the conversation at once. So you're really talking about something that happened yesterday or last week. And or all last of a sudden, five years ago in our case. I know we sometimes... Exactly. And, you know, women are better at this than men, unfortunately, <laughs> because our brains work that way. We connect the dots so very quickly. So we have to be specific and stay with one thing at a time. No kitchen sinking. Yeah, that's, I love that term. Well, uh, you also have a list in uh, one of these past newsletters of uh, some of the killer, marital relationship killers that you want to avoid. And killer number one is skipping me time. How important is it that each and every one of us take time from, uh, from their spouse, away from their spouse, in fact, to uh, pursue hobbies and interests and friends? Isn't me time, uh, at least some me time, a good idea in any relationship to keep it fresh? Absolutely, Roy. The, the happy couples in my study said that me time, time for self, their own friends, was extremely important to their happiness and the stability of the relationship. Because when you do something, you're, you take a cooking class, you have a friend that you go to a comedy club with, you have this other interest, you can bring it back to the relationship and add excitement and newness. And we all need that time for Yourself. So I like it's very killer important. number two is assuming you know each other. And, of course, to come back to that, well, I've been married for 25, 30 years. I think I know my wife or my husband. Exactly. Right now, we the, all do that, right? We, we really all do that. That's, that's the question. That's a killer, you say, is assuming you know each other. So I you should we, never assume that you know each yeah. other. Always ask a question. Don't assume that you know what's in their heart or head. Yeah. People change. Yeah. Well, I like killer number three, staying mum about minor annoyances. Now, I know it's it's not good to quabble, quibble over every little thing, but uh, are you telling us that uh, we should should not stay mum when we're upset over something, even if it seems fairly significant, I guess? Yes, you should not stay mom. Because what happens, Roy, is that the little things become big. Yeah. What starts out as small yeah. gains momentum. It's like a snowball going down a hill. It gets bigger and bigger. And so if you address it at the beginning, you can figure out something. You can resolve an issue. You but when it gets really big... Yes, yeah, set the ground big. rules, make sure that you respect one another, but t 
talk about the small things because what starts out small, as I said, becomes big. And when it becomes big, it's really hard to unpack. What starts out as like he doesn't empty the dishwasher right, all of a sudden becomes he doesn't love me, he doesn't listen to me. And that's a bigger issue that's very hard to unpack. So talk about the small things. And I like, um, well, this one we talked a little bit about before. Killer number four is waiting for special occasions to express love. And uh, obviously we mentioned you don't wait till Valentine's Day and the anniversary or your spouse's birthday are not the only times you can show affection and love. <laughs> Absolutely. Do and say simple things to make your partner feel noticed often. And I encourage people every single day to do or say one thing every single day. Say something good or do something for yeah, your partner. It's just, yeah, and you can make that a, a real habit that uh, think about what you're going to say that, uh, and not just some fluff that uh, doesn't really mean something. You'd have to be sincere, and it has to be realistic. <laughs> it has to be sincere, right, because your partner's going to notice if it's not sincere. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a large act, as we talked about. It yeah. can be, I love you, and yeah. or kissing before you go to bed. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Well, I'm, uh, killer number five, and this is so true, seeing the glass as half empty. You know, all of us have a choice of looking at the day we're about to lead from a positive standpoint of what could go right or why it's a great day and why the weather's beautiful or we can sit around and stew about some uh, meeting we have later in the day or some other reason to be upset and it, it makes such a big difference of how our lives how the day actually turns out how you approach it <laughs> It makes such a big difference, Roy. And as we talked about strengthening what's already going well, seeing the positive things in your partner and your relationship will add, again, momentum. It will have you focus on the positive rather than the little things. I mean, the one thing that I think partners or spouses need to remember is there's always going to be things that aren't okay or aren't perfect. We all have these flaws, right? And so focus on what's going Everyone well. Focus on the positive. All the rest of you have flaws, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> we all have flaws, right? So add positive behaviors or focus on the positive. It, it makes a big difference in a relationship. So a killer is to look at the negatives. Yeah. Well, on your website, you offer a whole lot of resources, including uh, your books and uh, your DVD, Secrets of, from the Love Doctor, and your video course, How to Find Love in, in, several day, in Seven Days. And you also offer individual and business coaching. Give us your web address where uh, people can go to access all this good stuff. Oh, thank you, Ray. And there's so many good things on my website. It is Dr. Terry, D-R-T-E-R-R-I, thelovedoctor.com. So that's all one word, Dr. Terry, thelovedoctor.com. And the first doctor is D-R, and the doctor is spelled out in the end of that. <laughs> so Correct. DR, thank you. Terry, yes. The love doctor. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. And, and, thank you. And, uh, and uh, people, uh, that newsletter is great. How does someone sign up for that newsletter I was talking about? I, I was referring yes, to Yes, and when people go to my website 
it oh. says sign up, and oh. you can put in your email, and I send out a monthly newsletter of tips and strategies and articles, and I do not use the email addresses for anything else, and it's oh. a monthly free newsletter. Yeah, that's great. I've gotten a lot of uh, great tips from that, and I would highly uh, recommend that you go to her website, drterrythelovedoctor.com, uh, and sign up for that. And in conclusion, either recently or many years ago, you chose your husband or wife as the one person you spent and uh, wanted to spend the rest of your life with, and just think back on all those qualities that you loved about that person person back then and have they really changed that much over the years or have you just grown too familiar or maybe you've forgotten to uh, really appreciate all the wonderful aspects in your life partner and uh, does your relationship need a tune-up well if so dr terry orbuck the love doctor is an ideal person to turn to and i'd highly recommend you review uh, all the books and uh, the newsletters and other uh, offerings she has to help build that relationship back to where it should be and to, for all, at all costs, avoid that divorce court. <laughs> and thank you so much, Dr. Terry Orwick, for uh, joining us here today. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Roy, and thanks for all your good work as well. Well, before I introduce our next guest, let me ask you a question. Are you satisfied with where you are today in your career, in your relationships, financially? Is your life stress-free? Do you feel like you're in control? And do you have a routinely positive outlook on the future? To the contrary, has a little inner voice of negativity been holding you back? And if this describes you, it's high time you take control. Starting right now, you need to master your mind. And I've got some good news. My next guests, Diane Collins and Alan Collins, are here, to, uh, and they've just released a 28-day video course on that very topic titled Master Your Mind, Master Your Life. And they're here to introduce it to you today. And Diane and Alan Collins have been partners in life and in business for more than 20 years. And Diane Collins is an original thinker and one of the foremost thought leaders of our time. She's creator of the Quantum Think System, and she's popular media personality and best-selling author of Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World. And Alan Collins is a master quantum think coach and strategic quantum think consultant, and he's former a highly successful small business owner, and he currently coaches highly accomplished leaders and leads group programs with thousands of people of all ages and walks of life. And hello, Diane and Alan. It's indeed a privilege to have you with us here today. Hello, Roy. It is our honor to be with you and all of your listeners. Well, let's begin with the basics. Can you please give us a brief definition of quantum think and how it will rock our world? <laughs> yes. You know, every whatever your you think about, people know in some way, shape, or form that our habits of thinking give rise to our experience of life, uh, it affects the chemicals in our body the way we think, and certainly our demeanor and our mood, and we all know what to do. We all know we should think positive thoughts, we yeah. should be kind to each other, the wisdom has been here for 6,000 plus years. Yeah. So what I discovered is 
because I had the vexing question, the dilemma. Well, why aren't we living it? If we know what to do and we know how to be and we know how to think, why aren't we doing it? And what I discovered, Roy, led me to create the quantum thing system of thinking, what I discovered is that we've been really under a kind of conditioned response to life that has had us become in many ways uh, approaching what, you know, even what you're talking about on your show, right? Yeah. And in your own work, is like, how do you think in a new way about going into the next phase of your life? So quantum think, in essence, is a system of 21 principles and practices that are based in the cutting-edge quantum science. It's not about science. It's about how the discoveries of science can shape the way we think. And it's very simple, and it merges with universal spiritual wisdom. And what I do is make it practical so that you can live it in everyday life, in your relationships, in your relationship with money. And it's all about waking yourself up out of conditioned automatic habits and being consciously aware enough to choose. Yeah, you remind us that uh, we're living in the quantum age, yet most of us still attempt to use industrial age thinking. What's the difference between the two thinking processes? I love how you point that out. Well, and this was really what I call my great revelation, is that the industrial age, if you think about it, that that thinking gave rise to machines. And basically the scientists said only physical matter is real, only the physical dimension. So everything is uh, around that, you know, thinking in a linear, step-by-step, looking in the physical, and we all look different, you know, we look separate, we look like in order to have something happen, it's a world of circumstances. That's the essence of the industrial age view and how we think that if you want to change something, it's going to take hard work and you have to push and pull and all of that. Well, what we discovered when the scientists at the beginning of the 20th century and since then made this amazing leap. I mean, just look in our technology, Roy. How does it work? It's not mechanical based. It's based in uh, a field. It's based in mind. In fact, that's what they said. Well, wait a minute. The universe is more like a giant mind than a giant machine. So the whole point about thinking in a quantum age is you start to think in holistic systems. You see how things connect to each other. You see how the power, the, the natural faculties of mind that we've all been born with by human birthright can enable us to create in a new way really what we want without interference. You tell us that Quantum Leap is all about uh, upping the odds of higher consciousness, and we ourselves, rather than daily news headlines or prejudices, and Lord knows we have plenty of those running around nowadays, control our minds and open us up to all-encompassing perception of uh, reality. I love the the way you say that. And and, uh, what are a few of those very specific principles that we need to know to take control of our own mind. You say there are 21 principles, I believe. What are well, a few of those? Yeah, let me, I'll give you one, Roy, that, well, there's a, they're all, you know, it's a system, so they all play into each other yeah. in some way or another, but I was just thinking as you were speaking, that one of the, one of the principles is called observer-created reality. Oh. And, and that's based in the idea, in the old, you know, in the industrial age, 
one of the rules or, or you know of that particular uh, worldview was it saw the world as fixed and solid yeah um, and that how that plays out in the human realm particularly as you know as we're getting older people tend to think well you know i'm 65 so i can't do this <laughs> and i can't do that and i should be doing this and i should be doing that and they relate and we relate to those shoulds as if that's the truth which is part of a fixed reality like truth if something's the truth it's fixed like for all time yeah. but from a quantum perspective uh, it doesn't see the world as fixed the quantum worldview doesn't see the world as fixed it sees the world as energy and flux always yeah. moving and so therefore, just because you, i'm 40 doesn't mean i i'm permanently that's in the middle age exactly and if, even if you're 80 even if you're 90 yeah. you don't have to succumb to the rules of an industrial age worldview set of principles you, because those are, that is the industrial age. Modern science tells us it's a quantum age. Energy, energy is always moving. It's never static. So therefore, when you start to apply this quantum thinking from that perspective, you can say, well, wait a minute, you know, I can do this. There's no reason why I can't do that. And, and so you're not limited. You're not stuck and limited by the, uh, by the, the sort of cultural worldview that tells us, well, at a certain age you can do this, at a certain age you can do that. You well, know? you're going to get old, and so this is what's going to happen, and your body's going to break down. <laughs> and, you know, I used to tell my parents, you don't have to get sick to die. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, going back to what Alan said about the observer-created reality, and in science it's called the observer effect. In other words, what we bring to our observation, and observation means however you hold, you know, what you hold in your awareness about a situation, a person, your future, that is, is shaped by what the conclusions and assumptions and ideas and notions that you bring to it. So I say it very simply. What you bring is what you get. So if you're bringing, as Alan was pointing out, a fixed idea that's a disempowering idea to you, you don't have to be stuck with it. Yeah, that negative little voice that may have been uh, implanted in, in you years ago. <laughs> right, you don't have right. to identify you with don't, it. Re yeah. You don't relate to it like it's the truth. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, uh, in a, we we tend to relate to everything as if it's the truth you know when you know like we do that with people oh he is that way she is that way that's sort of laying this truth uh blanket over it you know what i'm saying when you realize there is no absolute truth in the physical universe uh, it's all made up. We can make up anything we want. And you can shift it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean circumstances aren't real. People are faced with very, <laughs> obviously, as you said, you read in the daily news that there are things going on. But what quantum thinking, how it frees you, and that's why I titled my new video course, it's online, it's ongoing, I made it the price of a movie because I want everyone to do it. But, you know, master your mind, master your life. The one thing that we have complete sovereignty over that we can take into our command, that's the most intimate thing, relationship we have, is with our very own mind. So when you can learn these different dynamics of mind, even when circumstances arise, it's all about how you, 
you how uh, masterful you are with choosing how you want to relate to those circumstances. And the more freer we get in that, Roy, the easier life becomes. Yeah. Well, I'm certain you've seen folks change dramatically after they learn to quantum think. Uh, how have they changed? What aspects of people's lives have improved the most when they, they start quantum thinking? Well, I think one of the things that... Um, one of the things that, well, actually, I'll even give you an example this morning. I was on a call with a group of people in a, in a, in a large corporation, yeah. and they're in one of our programs where they're learning to quantum think. You know, on each, each week they're learning one of the, the distinctions, one of the 21 distinctions of quantum yeah. think. And one gentleman, was, uh, he shared this morning that what he, stu- he had, you know, he has twins. And he noticed that they were always bickering and fighting with each other. <laughs> and that um, he... Um, and he would typically, you know, take one somebody's side on, on the on the matter, and it, and it, and it just he just discovered that in this one distinction that he was listening to, which is called the perspective of all perspectives, he yes. took a perspective that they were both valid, and <laughs> and instead of trying to stop them from bickering and yeah. trying to force and push and control them, he actually listened to what they were saying to each other, yeah. and was able to guide the conversation. And they were, and they were actually what it, what he discovered was they were learning to think for themselves. Oh, yeah. And this was a major thing for him uh, because this is really, and it's important for children today anyway, is to yeah. think for themselves. But it's hard to be able to to notice when you're thinking for yourself or whether you're actually picking up ideas and thoughts that maybe in the news or maybe a friend said or a parent said or somebody else said yeah. so he so that was one of the things he got a, a deeper relationship with his two children and yeah, he felt I love the way that uh, you say in, on your website that the big, biggest thing that happens for everyone is uh, time seems to slow down and they get peaceful, centered, and focused, no matter how much activity they have going on in business or their personal lives. And, and that would that, certainly be a giant yeah, benefit. That, that's, and I'll tell you why, because it's really it's something like, you know, you're learning principles and things when you're doing mastermind, master life, and I call it quantum think applied because I'm basically walking you through it. Okay, you want to have a great relationship and, you know, distinguishing different things that enable you to do it because this is not like we know something and you don't. Every human being has this infinite possibility within them, and we're activating that by listening to it. But what happens is you're aware to get to that peaceful state where things slow down is that in order to uh, choose, you're already making yourself, you're putting yourself in a more, we could say, enlightened, awakened state of consciousness. And that alone, you know, when mindfulness became very popular today in yoga, and this is what's going on, is that you're able to be watching your own thoughts. You're, it's not like you have to monitor every thought that goes by. No. And that's the beauty of the system of quantum think. Because it's a system, it's like a vortex that carries you with it. Yeah. So you don't have to think of every little thing. However, when you're in order to really observe, well, what do I want right now? How do I use the power of intent? What is my intuition telling me? All of 
that, you're already instantaneously in a super aware state, and that is what enables everything to slow down. The radio, you know, there's no static on the radio of your being. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I, I well, let's talk a bit about your brand new 28-day Master Your Mind, Master Your Life video course. You you cover four critical uh, areas of our lives in the video. What are the four areas that uh, you mentioned? Well, the four areas we have, so it's 28 days, which amounts to four weeks actually. Yeah. So each week, the first week is the five natural faculties of mind, yeah. which is intent, intuition, subtle energy, um, and uh, resonance. resonance and meditation. Yeah. And we go through, and Diane goes through those, and you know, and so people start to have an understanding of how their mind works and yeah. how they can relate to the mind and all the things that come up in their mind. And the creative, the creative aspect of who we are. So, yeah. Exactly. And that's, so that's the first week. The second week is mastering um, high-quality relationships. Wow. That's a, that's a <laughs> and, and this is a big deal. This is a big deal because yeah. people obviously have a hard time with relationships. You see it all over the place. Yeah. So this is mastering high-quality relationships. The third week is mastering a conscious relationship with money. <laughs> okay, and this is, again, this is very important. These are important subjects for people. And then the last week is mastering living your purpose. Yeah, defining that purpose or defining it as it. Well, defining it as well. Part of, part of the, that week is people do get to see that Diane guides them through a way where they can actually uh, distinguish for themselves what their own purpose is. And, or at least get some, some clarity about the direction of it, some elements of it. Yeah. And, and how it expresses itself differently throughout your life. Yeah. So when you can see the core of who you are, you know, we're all born with gifts and tendencies and proclivities and idiosyncrasies and talents and what we're drawn to. And when you start to distinguish that, which, you know, you do just by watching these they're basically 20 to 30 minute videos yeah. and very easy to watch. I try to make it entertaining. I like entertainment. It's very entertaining. And so what happens, though, is your awareness keeps getting heightened. So when you start to look at these patterns in your own life and it starts to uncover, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, my purpose is to bring joy. And, you know, okay, that's good. That's everybody's purpose. But this is very, very specific, the way that we do it in this work of quantum thinking where you really get to see who you are. And what you get to see is the purpose is not the one thing that you're looking for your whole life. Well, is this my purpose? No. Is that? No. What, what, what we're saying is that purpose is an unfolding, and it evolves as you evolve over your lifetime. Yeah. So it, it, purpose is expressed. The core essence of you is expressed in many, a multitude of ways throughout your life. So as you look forward now, when you look and see how the structures and the systems and everything in our society is dramatically going through transformation and change, and it will continue to, it's gonna, we're going to have a society that looks like none of us could have predicted, and we don't really know what it is now. But, you know, these are the things that Alan and I kind of keep keep track of and keep abreast of how all the technology is changing everything, well, how are we going to deal with these changes? And this is why it's so important 
to get in touch with who you are, what you really want now in your life going forward, and how do we actually get in command of that? Well, do folks uh, who purchase your 28-day course have to attend sessions at a particular date and time? Or uh, No, no, you plan? just do it on your own. <laughs> I mean, I made it for 28 days, but... People can, people, Roy, what, what, what we've noticed is, because we, we launched it a couple of weeks ago, um, and we've, I call it playfully sophisticated. It is quite something, because each one of these videos, each one of these days is a surprise. When people watch it, they, are, they will be very surprised, because it does not repeat itself in oh. any way, shape, or form. In terms of, you know, how Diane presents it. So it really, truly is entertaining. I call it playfully sophisticated. Um, and and you, people can do it on their own time. They can do it however they want to do it. You know, we, we suggest it that you do it one a day, but not everybody's going to do it one a day. And it, it's like, you know, I, I, I think of it kind of like a park. You know, when you have a park and people come into the park and you may see a, a group of people playing volleyball. And you say, oh, can I play with you? And they say, yeah, just join in. And you join in. You're not worried that you may have missed the first 10 minutes of the volleyball. Yeah. You, you just get into it right there and then. And this is really how it works. You get into it wherever you start is perfect. And oh, you will great. have a blast. People are telling us we've had some amazing results. Just and We've only been doing it 12 days already. And people are sending us notes and telling us the amazing results they are having in their business, with their health, with their just their uh, – and it's all happening naturally. That's, That's the great. beauty. Even, well, where, should le where should listeners go to order your Master Your Mind, Master Your Life 28 Okay, it's a bit.ly link, so that means it's a short link, and I'm yeah. going to give you what it is. Okay. Um, it's B I B as in boy, I, T as in Tom, dot – L Y forward slash and my name, which is Diane Collins, Diane with two N's. So it's B I T dot L Y forward slash D I A N N E C O L L I N S. Okay, so that uh, you also have a website that people. What's your website to learn more about you? And, and the website is dianecollins.com. Okay, Diane with two well, N. Sounds good. Well, in uh, conclusion, when we turn on the news these days, we are continually reminded that here in the U.S., at least in recent memory, opinions and emotions have never been more divisive, and it's readily apparent that the vast majority of us, including our politicians and business leaders, I guess, also are victims of an outdated worldview, that mechanical worldview, there is only one uh, right way, mine is right, yours is wrong, and wouldn't it be great if our national, state, and local politicians would take the Collins's 28-day video <laughs> Well, we are working. <laughs> we're work you know, you really distinguished that beautifully, Roy, so we really appreciate the way you said it, and it's so true because, you know, one of the principles is you go from an either-or reality yeah. to of both and, and you start to look, as Alan mentioned, perspective of all perspectives, you start to see, wait a minute, 
you know, I don't have to be stuck with one party line, and I don't have to agree with everything that one party or conservatism or liberalism or libertarianism. You know, I can think for myself, and it will absolutely make the world a better place. I like the way uh, one of the uh, reviewers of your book said, remember, if you expect your world to evolve in a positive way, you must adopt a, a a powerful and positive new way of thinking, and that's what quantum thinking is all about. And uh, I'd like to see all of us put ourselves firmly in control of our emotions and rediscover the joy of being alive. And so check out Diane and Alan Collins' video course, Master Your Mind, Master Your Life, and I'm sure you'll soon discover why the number one factor um, in mastering every aspect of your life is to first master your mind. And thanks a million, Diane and Alan for joining us here today. Best of success on sale of your new video, and please spread that word of the quantum sentence. <laughs> well, thank life. you, and thank, thank you, you for life. helping us do that. All the best. You're doing great work, a great topic for your show. I love it. Thank, thank you so all, much, to Roy. all of you for tuning in today, and uh, remember... Quantum thinking is the way of the future. Uh, don't go back to that old mechanical thinking that we've been hung up on all these years. Bye-bye for now. Tune in next week on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, Middle Age Renewal. Dot com.